All right, two hours in, two hours to go here on the Hot Talk Morning Show with Dave Priest and Joe Katz, uh, Monday edition, August 29th, uh, 2022. Dave has the morning off. Uh, Stuart Axelrod is with us here this morning. And as I mentioned going into the break, uh, one of the many websites and news sources that I go to uh, don't necessarily you know, start with alphabet letters or are on cable news. Many of the organizations that I follow that do great work covering the policies that are important to us, you may not necessarily know about, which is why I'm here, to inform you that they do exist and they provide great content. And one of those organizations that I've had the pleasure of working with over the last five or so years is the Consumer Choice Center. They are worldwide. They have 46,000 members, and they are the global grassroots movement for consumer choice. And you can find them at ConsumerChoiceCenter.org. My good friend Yael Asowski, who's a few hours ahead of us this morning, he's calling in from Vienna, Austria, uh, to provide some insight on some things going on across the pond that may be important to you as far as uh, what we can expect uh, on the horizon here in the U.S. in terms of energy and this whole push uh, to go, quote-unquote, net zero and clean and how that is working out uh, for you know folks uh, that, well, he works alongside and uh, is dealing with right now. If you haven't uh, heard, well, there's sort of an energy crisis going on across the pond in Europe, and we'll talk about the cautionary tale uh, that he's going to deliver to us here this morning about the direction we're moving in here in the U.S. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, before we get to that topic, uh, first and foremost, uh, why not uh, share some insight with our listeners about who you are and what uh, the Consumer Choice Center is all about? Good morning, my friend. Well, good morning, Joe. Thank you very much for that. And uh, good morning, Myrtle Beach. Uh, great to be on the radio again. Uh, so yeah, to the short of it, my name is Yael Osowski. I uh, grew up just uh, just in the Charlotte area, not too far away, just a little little drive, not far. And uh, the last couple of years, I've been deputy director of the Consumer Choice Center. So we've been really focused on all types of innovation and to try to defend the interest of consumers who like innovation, who like choice and who like to see markets be able to provide consumers with options and with all of the answers they need. So that's kind of been my uh, my work the last couple of years, Joe. I know you're familiar with it, but uh, it's been a good amount of time for me, and it brings me around the world and, and sometimes right to the, to the backyard there in Myrtle Beach. And Yael, obviously one of the hot topics over the last week has been uh, the Biden announcement to uh, eliminate uh, you know, some $10,000, maybe even plus, of a student loan debt, so that has brought out uh, opinions, uh, you know, near and far, as to why you know this is not necessarily a good idea. Why should I, you know, pay for somebody else's uh, you know, loan? Uh, that's often you know the easy talking point. It goes a little bit deeper to that uh, in that when, it, when we talk about the higher education and how you know tuition costs have ballooned over the last uh, two to three decades. But uh, you know, as a member of the Consumer Choice Center, when you hear things like loans are going to be forgiven. Uh, by you know, for some and not others, it seems a lot like picking winners and losers, and the government seems to do that a lot these days. Indeed, and that's exactly what we don't want them to do. And specific to the student loans, I mean, it's we did not expect anything less from the Biden administration. We know that economics is not their forte, as we like to say. So we kind of expected that something like this would come about. I think the amounts that we're discussing, either ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand, if you've received Pell grants. Who knows if it's going to end up in the court? Likely it will. Kind of crazy that we're still doing this all hoisted in the executive branch of the government. We're not doing this through Congress, where at least there you could say, hey, there's uh, at least some kind of public you know, will. Through the Biden administration, when we have this, it's not just you know a, a, an issue of injustice. 
It's just about economic sense, and particularly when we're in a time of inflation that is impacting education, it's impacting energy, which we'll discuss later, to say that we're just going to have $10,000 taking off of the chart, again, I'm not upset about this. This is uh, probably very small in terms of uh, how much idiocy we have economically from this particular government, but it does mean that the inflation is only getting worse, and much like the electric vehicle operators, it means that prices for colleges and universities, you know what, they might actually go up by $10,000 a year. <laughs> you don't really know. And it's all about, you know, the incentives that exist in the system. And if we don't have a reform of the federal loan system, if we don't get rid of it altogether, like uh, the talk show host uh, Dave Ramsey would say, then we're really not changing anything. We're just kind of, you know, endorsing bad behavior, taking out lots of big loans, and we're doing nothing to change the system. So eventually we're going to have to do another one of these bailouts probably in another 10 years. So that's not just, it's not sane economic policy, and definitely not fair to those of you who did not have to take out loans to go to university. I know I'm in that camp. Yeah, yeah, this is Stuart Axelrod. I got a question for you this morning. Do you think that maybe Biden's just grandstanding that ultimately they're going to take him to court and they're going to find out he wasn't allowed to do it? And then he'll say before the election coming up, hey, guys, I tried. Could be. I, I could definitely see that happening. We know that he's had a lot of pressure from uh, sort of the leftist part of his party to do certain things. And, you know, they were clamoring for much more. So could it be that cynical? I'm not sure. I don't know if the Biden administration is that grand of an operator. I think this is what we like to call constituent service. So essentially, you're, you're giving something out to your constituency, hoping you can get them to the polls. You know, I think probably in the administration, there are a lot of people who do believe in this and do believe it will help people. And in your situation, it might help you. That's the, the grand scheme of things. But we have to try to, you know, judge a nation and judge the laws that we have by how they impact everybody, not just a few groups. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Does the good outweigh the bad or does the bad outweigh the good here? Because I paid all my student loans back. They're not even giving me a tax credit. It seems as if this administration is dividing our country over this subject right now. Yes, I, I think it's, you know, does it outweigh... I would say it's overall not a very good idea. It does lead to a sense of injustice amongst those much like you who've paid off their loans. Or many people, they might be driven to take out even more loans with the expectation that they'll have future loans forgiven. And that kind of mentality is precisely why we have inflation. We have too much money that's chasing too few goods. So I can only ever see the prices of education going up. So if I was a listener to the uh, morning radio show this morning, I'd uh, figure out another way. I'd look at other colleges, check out community college for two years, or I'd get out of the U.S., uh, try any of these universities, even in, in Canada or in Europe. I know I'm a big, uh, big proponent of that, but you know, you're probably going to save a lot of money in the end, and you're not going to have to ask the federal government for a bailout in a couple of years either. Yael, quickly, you know, before we move on to the next topic, uh, what does this say to uh, the universities and colleges out there, you know, given the relief when it comes to the cost? Uh, and ultimately, that's the root of the problem, right? I mean, the cost uh, of a higher education has uh, skyrocketed over the last uh, two, three decades. Are they going to lower their tuition based on this uh, you know, decision made by the Biden administration, or are we going to see the opposite occur? 
Well, that would only be if we saw universities that would implement some kind of reforms, either in reducing staff, reducing the amount that they spend on education programs, or even the sports programs, which I know is near and dear to your heart, Joe. I, I don't see any university doing that at all. So this is really just a green light to continue expanding, build that next building, uh, hire that next batch of people. This is not going to lead to anything good in terms of long-term inflation within the educational system. And it's, again, only going to get worse. So I, I hope we have some, some private alternatives. I hope people will continue to save money to pay for their universities. Uh, but, you know, we, we don't have a European system. We don't have a system where the government controls all the funding for all the universities. And to have a system where the government lends out money and the university is going to continue to build and build, I only see perverse incentives. And that does not hurt, you know, the younger people today who would like to have an education in the future. All right. And on to the uh, next topic, because I'm uh, reading a headline here this morning uh, that European energy prices are soaring to record highs amid what they are calling an energy crisis. Uh, the European nations have been very heavily reliant on Russia for their sources of energy and have also gone all in on the you know, Green New Deal, so to speak, that you know, many people are familiar with here in the U.S. And while the popular opinion amongst the majority of you know, Americans is, hey, we need an above-all sort of approach to energy consumption and production here in the country, it seems like we're trading everything in for you know, a new way of life. Uh, what is the cautionary tale that you can provide us you know, as far as why we should be maybe cautious and hesitant to, about you know, moving in that direction so fast? Well, number one is obviously to have a diversity of your energy sources. That's something that Europe is learning a lot right now. They were much too reliant on Russian oil and gas. And also to be able to create your own, to have your own sources. And you know, we don't have energy powerhouses in Europe apart from France with nuclear energy, which is banned in most of the other countries, we just don't have diversity. And, you know, what's hilarious about all of this related to the Green New Deal and, and the green thinking, uh, a lot of the European citizens are benefiting at this very moment from a lot of the wood and the trees that have, have been cut down in the Palmetto State. Uh, they cut down a lot of the forest, they chop it up into pellets, and they put that on barges and ships, and they ship that over to Europe. We call it here biomass. And actually, it's a growing portion of the energy source from a lot of different European countries because it's marked as green. And perhaps there's going to be more of a demand on those South Carolina forests and North Carolina forests. Uh, but to tell you that we lack diverse energy options here in Europe is an understatement. So what you're saying is uh, South Carolinians and our trees and forests are supplementing and providing energy for European nations and not necessarily you know, our own country. Oh, yeah, indeed. And, you know, a lot of this was justified in the very beginning uh, with a lot of the sawmills in South Carolina by saying, oh, this is just the excess wood. Uh, but actually, it's now grown up to be a fairly large industry. I've had friends who've worked in that industry uh, just south of Colombia. I know that there's a huge demand for the biomass now within the European countries. And, you know, in some cases, it supplies up to 15 percent of the heating energy in some European countries. So just, uh, you know, thanks a lot, South Carolinians. You're helping me uh, power my Bitcoin miner, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Axel right again. Let me ask you this. What's the outlook for the uh, energy cost to Europe for this winter? Is it going to put Europe into a full recession? 
I think it's uh, we're looking at three or four times what people paid last year. And it is definitely going to be huge in terms of disposable income going out of the door. Will it cause a recession? It, it kind of already is. We don't have the figures yet. You know, in some of the countries like Germany and the Netherlands and France, they've had a very similar denial about whether it's a technical recession. I think it is going to come. It is going to slap us in the face come the, the late fall and winter. And it definitely is going to be a crisis. And there's going to be a huge demand for American products, for American oil, for American LNG. The more that that can be exported and imported here in Europe rather than from Russia is going to be very important. But I, I do see a sort of cascading financial and economic impact from the energy prices, which is unfortunate and uh, likely is going to hurt the European citizens here for, uh, for a good little while. All in the while, we, you know, we are scaling back on some energy production here in the U.S. instead of uh, you know, going all in, not only you know, for selfish purposes, but also to provide some assurance and security around the world. Uh, we're opting to go in a different direction, which uh, does not bode well for you know, anyone at the end of the day, except uh, you know, some of the other major players who happen to be adversaries of you know, many of, of our ways of life, including you know, yours over uh, in Europe as well. So you know, a lose-lose sort of situation as far as you know, where we're going uh, when it comes to energy policy here in the United States. Yeah, yeah, before I let you go, consumerchoicecenter.org, but on a quick personal note, uh, I know that one of your uh, brothers is on the pit crew, what, for Chase Elliott, and one heck of a run over the last uh, couple of months, and what, they led the field in NASCAR wins this year as they get ready to head into playoff season. Yeah, he's been uh, changing tires, actually, for William Byron. So same team, Hedrick Motorsports, but uh, HMS is doing a great job turning out the wins, Chase Elliott has been unstoppable. Uh, it's it's kind of it's great to actually be able to watch racing and know that my family's team is is doing very well because there were some dark years there, Joe, where where HMS wasn't doing too good. So, yeah, it's great stuff with the with the NASCAR, obviously with weather delays and rain, not the best, but uh, look forward to having the race cars in Darlington in uh, South Carolina once more. Tough to team coming up uh, Labor Day weekend uh, just down the road from us uh, you know, here in the Myrtle Beach area. Yayelo Sowski is with the Consumer Choice Center providing great insight. Uh, you know, every time I get a chance to catch up with them, uh, you can find their website again at consumerchoicecenter.org. They cover all sorts of topics, uh, you know, whether it be energy, you know, whether it be, you know, well, they are all in on the whole conversation surrounding eliminating uh, well, menthol cigarettes, for instance, here in the U.S. The plastic bag ban is another topic uh, that we've touched on with IEL before here on the Hot Talk Morning Show. So uh, a plethora of information and great knowledge uh, to inform our uh, listeners uh, every time he is with us here on the Hot Talk Morning Show. Yael, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks a lot. Thank you, and long live the Palmetto State. Cheers. ConsumerChoiceCenter.org, again, once their website. Uh, they do great work. And uh, oftentimes I try and direct uh, you know, some of the fans of our program away from Fox News, CNN, NBC. Go to websites and organizations like uh, Yael's at ConsumerChoiceCenter.org uh, because they provide uh, you know, sort of uh, that uh, no-nonsense uh, you know, way of looking at things and maybe provide a different sort of insight uh, that opens your eyes to things when it comes to having choice, as a consumer, and the more choices and options, oftentimes, uh, the better it is uh, for the people who have that purchasing power in the economy.
unbelievable. You got an international morning show. I mean, that's how we do it. Austria. <laughs> it must be like one o'clock in the afternoon there. And uh, he sounded like he was just here, like sitting he next to us. <laughs> well, he's all built up, and he does all sorts of worldwide uh, hits, whether it be on the radio or you catch a lot of his work. He does op-eds, uh, Charlotte Observer, Miami Herald, the Boston Globe. Uh, he's well published as well, and sounded very intelligent, and certainly is uh, yes. way smarter than I am. Yes, eight twenty-two here on the Hot Talk Morning Show. We got to go to a quick break, which means it's time for more local news here with Frank Barnhill. Some of the things that you may have missed over the weekend as you get caught up on this Monday morning here on Hot Talk ninety-nine five. Time now for this morning's Hot Talk.